yo yo what is going on everybody welcome to another episode of the die south monday podcast it's a little bit of a different intro today i just wanted to start this podcast off by thanking our sponsor river hard salsa what an absolute banging drink you can find them at your local tops and at barkeeper which has sponsored us before as well uh we got chris rogers on today epic guest and we're just going to dive you straight in you wait so where in the states you go uh, I'll fly into Florida. Um, that's usually like my go-to spot. That's kind of where the wakeboarding community is. But now yeah. it's winter, so I have a buddy there. I'm literally going to spend probably two nights with him and then go to the Bahamas uh, to see my parents. They're living there? Yeah, so oh, they... Cool. When did they move? It's not already pu- much public information, but... So my parents... This is really cool. Uh, my my parents retired, sold everything here, bought a sailing boat, sailed from Cape Town to the Caribbean. Oh, across the Atlantic. Yeah, so they're like retired hippie sea pirates, bleach great blonde hair. It's really cool. Yeah, pretty epic. So, cool. And was that obviously recent? Yeah, they've they left like just under two years ago. Okay. Um so yeah, obviously didn't see them now, the Christmas and the festive season. So gonna go see them. Um, spend some time with them, do some you know free diving and all that kind of stuff. Oh, in the cool. and, and how big is the sailing boat? Um, it's decent. I think it's like a fifty foot catamaran. Oh wow! Yeah. How long did it take them to cross? Two to three months. They took their time. They weren't like yeah. in a rush. So the hopping like yeah. They went two weeks okay. to um, which way did they go? Sens- is it Sensalina Island? Sensalina. Yeah. So they went there. They stayed in Sensalina for like almost two weeks because they went like diving and scuba diving and they had to fix. One of the propeller blades snapped on the way. Oh, wow. So they had to fix the propeller blade <laughs> there. And then from there across to, I think the first section was um, Barbados. Yeah. That took like another six weeks to two months. Yeah. So somewhere between two to three months from Cape Town all the way there. And they were driving the boat. There wasn't a captain or staff. Uh, they had a they had a, um, a skipper to Sensalina yeah. on the first like two weeks and then just them and another couple friend of theirs, so four people on the boat for the next while. Yeah, pretty, pretty wild, <laughs> pretty insane. We get get it's on a cool there. Cool way to retire, though. You know, yeah. see the world, wild. Yeah, sail around and just live your best life. So, is, is your pops and or mom also scubas? Yeah, they, they. I mean, my dad's been sailing like his whole life, and then yeah. obviously over the years they did courses and got their experience up before doing that. Yeah. Oh, geez, that yeah, sounds unreal. I'm planning to retire and do that in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got the London life coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, now we can talk. Now we can talk. <laughs> going to get past that. Moving to London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, do tell more. I mean, we had an interesting day. No, <laughs> no, I just, I've obviously been keeping it to myself for work related reasons. And my boss somehow found out through the grapevine, pulled me in today and said, I heard you want to move and leave the office and mm-hmm. so on. Heard so you so leaving to London in March. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, uh, uh, oh, it's a suit. Yeah, yeah, okay. March, April, yeah. No, but these guys are all leaving me. I'm fucking one man now, bro. He's going to Switzerland, London. It's like my, except my family did it to me. Yeah. My parents are gone, my brother's gone, and my mother's in the UK. Maybe yeah, that's okay. combined with it. I know, we should. We can start our own pro- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm going to wait. I'm guest host. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah, so we're looking to do, well, I suppose the listeners will be like, what happens to Dice House Monday? But we're looking to do it from two regions, same platform. Just got to work out how that works. How you can works. do remote podcast. Yeah, but even if I get a partner up there, they get someone else or don't get someone else down here. If we yeah, double the podcast, 
you know, content mm. into one platform coming from different regions, different guests, different listeners. There's pros and cons so, to both, I guess. Yeah. We want to make sure the video as well. So we're going to sort that out. Videos, so have some tips for us. videos definitely the way. Yeah. Cause you can just, you can take, we take so many snippets from a thing and just run it into reels mm. and TikTok and yeah. shorts and that mm. stuff just blows up. And then that's what actually drives traffic to podcasts. Yeah. There's guys who record fake podcasts. It's just them giving this BS advice and like, it looks like a legit podcast. And then you just, I've never seen this guy before. Kick up with the comments of the guys are like, you never see the other hosts. It's like, this is fake. Like, is <laughs> and they're just doing it for reels. Yeah. They're just doing it for the reels. Yeah. Probably doesn't even have a podcast, but the guy knows that, you know, is that this format of seeing yeah. the microphone in the frame is, is, you know, it's, well, we, yeah, we are accepting maybe. free Got- GoPro. So. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll just wait one that's listening. There will be a giveaway, a free giveaway. <laughs> New GoPro at 12. <laughs> Um, no, but Chris, so just to go into it, uh, we generally like to sort of dive into the history of, you know, how you got into filmmaking. Chris is a content creator, um, big YouTube star, king of the GoPro. So we just want to know how you got into that scene. You know, how did, when did you pick up a camera first? And I know we went to web ups together. So yeah. A bit of history. <laughs> but when a little bit of history. I mean, starting journey. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've told the story once or twice, but I, I kind of always pinpointed back to, um, when I was 15, I broke both my legs. Yes. I wanted, I wanted to ask you about yeah, this. It was yeah. skiing, right? Yeah. Snowboarding. Yeah, yeah. So trying to race a local kid down the mountain is stupid. And <laughs> some, some, uh, lady cut in front of me on skis last minute, hundred percent my fault. Went into the back of her. She was fine. I just broke both my lower tibias like, fractured. Oh, I've like genetically very thin legs, just gone through a ghost growth spurt at the time. So they were extra thin. So, <laughs> 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 so just like, I thought it was badly sprained, got airlifted to the hospital. Um, where was it? This is in, in the Dolomites in Italy. Actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, um, yeah, was in Plaster Paris cast up to like the wheelchair base. Wheelchair, dude, I became a pro on a wheelchair. <laughs> I got so good on wheelchair. And my legs were straight for like three months. Like, oh, that's crazy. I had to learn to walk again, was in rehab pools with like old people, like in their 80s and 70s, just walking. And there's me like trying to learn, get muscle memory back. It's a proper rehab. Shit. Yeah, because the, the most pain was the day my cast came off because all your tendons have been straight three months. So just oh, wow. moving your foot or your knee is just excruciatingly painful. Trying to get the flexibility back. Yeah, yeah. Long, I think yeah. it took me like almost three weeks to just bend my knee 90 degrees. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, wow. And then you like, because your muscle memory is this, you remember how to walk, but then you're trying to do it with the least amount of pain. So you're walking flat footed. So then the doctor's like, you need to push up the toe more. And you need to lift your knees higher. So then you're walking around at school and people are like, why are you walking like that? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm trying to lift. <laughs> um, and so I guess, yeah, I was in a wheelchair and, um, you know, I grew up in, in a very outdoor act, like action sports oriented family. We were very into like water skiing, wakeboarding, and I used to compete when I was really young and now I couldn't cause I was in a wheelchair. So next best thing, picked up my dad's camera, would go to the events to like watch and support my mates, would snap photos. And the response was pretty cool because I think everyone was like, oh, finally someone who knows the sport taking photos of it because people would come from newspapers, magazines, and you know, they're just there to put on a publication. They don't know anything about the sport. So they never yeah. capture it properly. When you've got someone who knows the sport capturing it, it you Some get those. The inside, exactly. Yeah. So everyone was really stoked on that. And I just had all this free time to learn about photography. And then, you know, like two years later, um, GoPro, I think came out with like their first HD one and were just marketing it towards surfing and action sports. So 
you know, you'd see it in like the zigzag or surf magazines or, you know, your surf story. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like a waterproof camera. Cause that was like a big thing back yeah. then. And then. Yeah, they pioneered that whole. Yeah, fully, pretty much. Fully. And when was this around? 2002, they came out. 2004, the first one came out. 2004, that's a film camera. Yeah. I've got that. It's epic. <laughs> <laughs> the silver one. It's like a glorified disposable where you yeah. can change the film and put it in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so now it's like, what is it? This is end of 2010. I buy the first HD GoPro. Shoots like 1080, 30 frames a second, and 720p at like 60 frames for slow slow motion. <laughs> and I'm like, and it's like five megapixel. I'm like, this is sick. Yeah, revolution. So, yeah, yeah. Selfie yeah. stick wasn't even a thing. My, like, my brother brought this like plastic pole that was like snapped off from something. He's like, yeah, you can like mount the GoPro on this. Like, oh, sick. You can like get a selfie with this thing. And then, um, you know, went around like running around at school with this thing and was filming my friends, you know, wakeboarding, surfing, skateboarding, just the stuff we always did. Mm-hmm. Um, but now with this like indestructible camera, um, and it went from people, it was, I guess the crazy thing was watching people go like, Oh, what's this? You're like, Oh no, it's a world's smallest HD camera. And then fast forward two years, I think it was the hero three. That's when GoPro became like a household. Yeah, so, yeah. And it went from me running around with it on a stick to then still doing that two years later. But then is there people asking, I would overhear people like, I remember being on like lion's head and I had the new GoPro and no one came up to me, but I heard someone like, Oh look, he's got the new hero. Three. I was like, Whoa, <laughs> like that. That was like, holy crap. Like I've watched this company turn into like a household name, yeah. which is pretty nuts. And then, yeah, I finished school, went and studied uh, BCom at UCT. I even remember some of you rocking the daisies videos. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> really, like, you were trying to get in there. I was right? trying to get in there so bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess fast forward a little bit. It's first year university. Um, myself and two mates, we were just running around campus taking photos for fun. And remember Synergy Music yeah, Festival? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Synergy had a competition to win like this insane like VIP package with backstage passes and like a case of Red Bull, case of Black Label, all these this crazy price where like broke students, were like, this is sick, we love Synergy, we gotta try to win this. So it was like a video competition. So we make a video, enter it, and I think there were two of them and some other girls who made this rap video, were like, hey, they're guaranteed to win one of them. And like, <laughs> maybe we have a chance at the second one. We didn't win it. And we're like, oh, okay whatever like we're still gonna go and we i think we just tweeted red bull a video and they were like this is sick we got tickets for you and like three cases of red bull and we're just like, <laughs> like i was like you know like a, a broke studio like this is sick and then we're like okay we should make like a, a video at synergy for fun like a little thanks to red bull do that put it out it becomes the most viewed festival video at the time it's got oh, like wow. twenty thousand views in like four days hold on that's exactly it's, what ginger with the gopro was saying yeah, yeah it yeah. was like the next chris rogers video or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, chad yeah. Did, i think swedish house yes. like two yes. months later or yes. something like that okay. yeah um and back then it was it was new you know content was new yeah and um we, oh, the whole video was just a transition like it was just people high-fiving yes. kissing the camera that's yeah. all it was I and um i remember like they the, did sober as well obviously i mean yeah 100 percent <laughs> 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 I remember the the next week, like we just had our inbox just flooded with festivals going like, "Hey, how much do you guys charge for festival after movies?" And we just like these these university students going like, "Guys, we can get paid to go to festivals. Like we would have done it for free tickets. <laughs> like we just wanted free tickets to go to, go to festivals that we we're going to pay to go to." And now we're like, "Oh my gosh, we can make money going to festivals." Our first gig was um, uh, Skrillex. Okay, oh, yeah, Skrillex. Is, yeah, sick. Skrillex. I went to Skrillex. And um, so we had like these, these guys, a production company um, at the time, uh, AVA, they kind of like took us under their wing because they were like the guys in the industry and um, they managed to like pitch us to, 
you know, brands and their clients as like this fun little add-on, which wouldn't really cost them a lot of money for what they were getting. Um, and so they, they would usually go shoot like the official movie, but we would come in and have something ready to go like the Monday. Um, I remember like our first job. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I remember we rocked up at Skrillex, <laughs> like what are we, we're 19, 20 years old. We got like these hero two GoPros or hero threes. We're like in the pit with the official photographers, like big cameras. They're looking at us like, fuck, who let these kids in with fucking GoPros? Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> we like definitely didn't feel like we belong there. And we had this idea for a video, made it like also pops off again, Skrillex retweets it. Oh, wow. And like, I don't Sick. think any other videos really got released from that event. So it just kind of, you know, this whole thing snowballed. snowballed yeah. yeah. And um, after that event, uh, that event, when we saw like the other people at other festivals, I think we had like a bit more respect from the other photographers, even though, cause like, you know, you're shooting on a freaking GoPro, nothing that looks professional. Mm. But it's coming out with such a steamer video. Yeah, and it was very, it was like, it's, it was professionally amateur. It had a f our videos, which we always, we were doing on purpose, but we were trying to make it look like the ultimate fan-made video, but like a well-made fan video. So it's really organic and makes you feel like you're part of the crowd. Yeah. A lot of the other guys are shooting on these long lenses, like getting professional shots. And when you watch a video like that, you're like, wow, that's amazing. It's beautiful. But like, I could never do that. Anybody can buy a GoPro and take a selfie and yeah. do that. So we would like immerse ourselves in the crowd. Mm -hmm. It's almost promoting GoPro even more because you're making other people buy it and shoot that. Literally, own. yeah. But you did on makes the fans and all the people watching feel like they're actually there in the crowd yeah, with you. Yeah. Like I, I see nowadays, like everyone wants to stand behind the DJ. And I'm like, no, like the best place to stand is in the front because that's yeah. where the music's going to be best. That's like the best experience. And like, sure, we'd run backstage, get shots of the artists. Like it's cool to have that access here, fun and whatnot. But like being in the crowd, like, that's where it actually happens. Mm -hmm. Like, so then front, front right or front left for you? Front left. <laughs> front left. I think we got front right guys as well. Yeah, uh, back right. Yeah. <laughs> as you get older. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah front yeah, left. Yeah. No, no, middle. The yeah, yeah, okay, exactly. Classic. Um, so yeah. where to after, after that? After the two so sort then, of festival shots? Yeah, so I guess that was like the best student job ever, you know, studying... Mm -hmm. Um, what were you studying? I started off doing like business science charts of accounting. I knew I was going to switch like six months in and then uh, information systems really stood out to me. So okay. I switched to that and then like I remember my second or third year just kind of seeing how in demand that degree was. So I was like, and the video thing was starting to become a thing. So I was like, okay, I don't need to make my life harder. Let me just switch to BCom. You know, friends of mine were getting headhunted by Facebook, Google, Amazon, people that I considered like, it's like, hey, I feel like I do better than them in class. Like, I don't need to go do honors now. Mm. And it got to the point where the video thing was taking off enough that I could justify not needing to do honors. I was at a point now where it's like, okay, we're making income on this. This is like starting now. Um, you know, if this video thing doesn't work out, you've got one of the most in demand degrees in the world to fall back on. Um, probably would have got like depressed if I did honors. Cause I remember <laughs> on my, my third year, we did so many, it was such a big project. Um, to do and I think I made like maybe two or three videos the whole year I was like this sucks mm -hmm. I just want to be done with it and yeah so I, I graduated and then I was like cool I'm gonna give this video thing a go for at least two years social media was starting to take off back then and I'd had friends who were kind of part of that first wave of like these YouTube vloggers if you want kind of saw what they were doing I was like I, was like, I feel like I can do that um and so yeah 2016 was kind of finding my feet and then um on YouTube 
yeah on youtube and just just youtube instagram still freelance work you know because you need to i need to make money because reels weren't a thing then no geez no, reels no, was like reels. three years old maybe yeah. yeah so this was instagram have you, was like have you formed a company then yet so no, no, no i think i think i formed a company in like 2017 2018 okay so now this is just basically me on my own um i'd saved up money from shooting festivals so then what is this this is 2015 graduate end of 2015 and I'd saved up a bunch of money from shooting like We Love Summer and yeah. all that stuff. And I was yeah. like, cool, I want to go spend two months um, in the Dolomites snowboarding and filming snowboarding. Like, that's what I wanted to do because I, like, I wanted to build up, you know, I, I realized you want to create a portfolio for the things you want to get paid for. So I was like, cool, mm -hmm. I'm going to go spend a bunch of money now to try film snowboarding and skiing so that people will pay me to do that one day. Your media kit. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, so... Um, and also, you know, being from South Africa, it's such a novelty. You froth on snowboarding because you yeah, have to do it yeah, once yeah. for one week every couple of years. Yeah. You know? So I was like, cool, save this money, gonna go do this. It's gonna be epic. Spent like two months in the month. Why the dollar month? Um, I just gone there a bunch. It was beautiful. I had other friends, like local friends my age, who were also like, um, kind of doing what I were doing. And I was just like, cool, I'm gonna go hang out with them, shoot with them, collaborate. I was like, these guys are like, they're the guys in this in the sort of ski snowboard world with when it comes to like gopro videos it's like cool i'm gonna go hang out with them find a way to make videos there did you ever go back to the slope where you where you got your yeah record? it's like the first slope i've gone every time it's like, <laughs> it's like well, I get over that demon i know right? i thought it was quite crazy and lucky i guess that there were no long-term effects that you could go back into snowboarding yeah, i just have very duck feet i don't know if it's from that like if i stand straight my feet are like this did you have pins and stuff in there or was it just no breaks? it was a clean break okay. almost no displacement um, yeah, just the cost was super high to um, just, just they didn't want movement in the knee or something for some reason so it was that weird anyway so so what ski resort is this in the Dolomites is it a, a, uh, part of the Dolomiti super ski which is like okay. it's freaking huge but this is Valgodina area okay I think I've been at Valgodina I've actually never snowboarded in Italy but no, I've been, and there. there's Silver Garden, yeah, and then there's yeah, Silver, yeah. Silver Garden is right there, yeah, yeah, yeah Silver, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then what's that one? You the Celeronda, the Celeronda. Yeah, yeah. So okay. man, I've been going there for like literally half my life and I still haven't skied the whole area so it's the biggest sure. skier in the world I still think it to this day it's the best value for money skiing out there so okay. it's definitely true that yeah like if you want if I mean you're a snowboarder so like if you want to go get the best powder you're not going to go there yeah. um, but when you do get a powder day you're making fresh tracks for like three days because it's 95% skiers and they hate the powder there so it's like oh, cool. are you kidding me like <laughs> yeah. it's just mm -hmm. empty when it's sick epic and the costing you say is not that bad it's so well priced it's like because it's South Tyrol so it's it used to be part I think it was like it was Austria before World War One or something like that. So you got German efficiency, Italian food. It's like <laughs> it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and Italian pricing. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like this the sweet spot in in North Italy. That's why I um, go to Lavinia because it's such good pricing as well. Exactly. It's like a little South Africa yeah. hub Lavinia, mm -hmm. but that's a small terrain. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a lot smaller. Yeah. Are they, I mean, and also I think Dabrisky is probably better there. Uh, yeah, I remember the Heineken bar. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going yeah you're going to the dolomites because you want the biggest ski area to ski yeah. and um you went there for like-minded people that you filmed yeah well, i mean it's also it's so beautiful man. the dolomites yeah no the dolomites are insanely beautiful yeah, um like you're still like, <laughs> looking around all the rock faces like, oh, it's yeah, that's so it's it's so beautiful and um great spinning Get up with the snow later, right? Yeah, well, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. I mean, probably the whole yeah, time. Yeah, you can see yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 
Yeah, it's epic. And um, yeah, so save up all this money, go there. And um, I think, oh, I, I just lined up a job with Kontiki at the time. Mm. So we did, I did this trip around, like a bus tour trip around Europe, I guess. And then then I went with Kontiki to they have a place at some resort in Austria. I think it's Solden. Mm. Got like the best powder of my life at the time. It was like my first ever powder there. there. And then, then I came to the Dolomites. And I think like after a week, I went and linked up with my friends in the in the snow park. So this is like probably the biggest like terrain park in Italy. Um, it's where the Italian like snowboard team trains. So we rock up there and I'm just doing some laps with my friends and we're like hitting some rails and jumps. And I just like a speed check between a rail. I'm not even thinking and just catch a front edge, like just slam straight <sighs> in the worst. I was just like, are you kidding me? Like I wasn't even doing anything. I just snapped my collarbone clean off. I like, oh. didn't didn't realize it. Like carried on down to the jump line, and then like the pain, like the, the adrenaline kind of off. I was like, "Oof, guys, I think I've like I've hurt my something's my, wrong. Yeah, something's, something's wrong. Something's off." So they get the like ski patrol. Like, oh, do you want to get a helicopter helicopter company? Or like, no, no, we've done that before. So then they're like, in the, oh, I should have taken the helicopter because the ambulance ride down the windy roads with your broken collarbone. I remember like, okay. yeah, went to the they bought like this brand new sport clinic. And I'll go in there, get x-rayed. I remember going to the bathroom and seeing this shoulder up here and this shoulder just like here. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I heard the doctors like laughing at my x-ray and how broken this thing was. <laughs> but I've heard horror stories of the way people break collarbones. This thing was clean in half. They stuck a pin right through, minimal anything. And um, yeah, so obviously got flown home. That was the end of that trip. Didn't get any filming time. <laughs> and... Um, I mean, didn't we just tell you the Dolomites? I mean, Dolomites would be good to you. Yeah, Dolomites would be good to you. I still go back. <laughs> and um, yeah, that that was that. Um, and then was just on a road to recovery for the next couple months. Had the pin pulled out like five, four months later because I like I tried to go surfing and the pin was actually sticking out the end of the bone. So if I move my shoulder like this, you can see it under my skin, oh, pinching on tendons so and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, no, no, this is actually causing pain. Yeah, so I had it pulled out and I, I feel like I have healed it up yeah, completely. Like I don't even think about it. And if I think about movement, like I know people who have like these crazy gross there when it doesn't heal properly. And like if this shoulder is 100%, this one's like 98%. It's, yeah. I haven't done know, the collarbone. How's the I, rehab for the collarbone? It wasn't too bad. I didn't mind doing rugby, but uh, mine was also a clean break. Yeah, it that's what you want. Bad. You want the clean break. You don't mm. want the fracture. Yeah, the fracture. Mm. The splitting. Yeah, it was fun. But um, during that time, there was 2018, you said that was No, this is 20, it's not early 2016. So you hadn't built up a rapport with GoPro yet at the company? I mean, no, I, I got onto GoPro's radar in 20. So like, I mean, I got onto GoPro South Africa's radar, like pretty much as I was finishing high school. Okay. Um, Just because there was no GoPro content at the time. So you kind of, if you made something half decent, you immediately stood out. Yeah. So I remember like in Matrick, I entered this film festival that like this surfing, local surf blog did and GoPro was sponsor. And then didn't win it, got like second place. But then the guy, the marketing manager at GoPro at the time, he like, hey, let's have a meeting. He's like, hey, we want to sponsor you, get you involved, like get you to work with us. I was like, this is the dream, like free GoPro is cool. Yeah. Um, And then GoPro's social media, I mean, they are like the perfect example of user-generated content. Mm -hmm. Like that's what grew the brand on social media. It's like, hey, 
we have we make these cameras like look at all the cool shit people do with it like just bullets of brand it's, yeah. Yeah. it's insane that's like what they do with the million dollars yeah, exactly yeah. lots so, of questions about that yeah, yeah. Lots yeah. Of so <laughs> yeah so and GoPro used to do this thing called photo of the day and video of the day where they would share a user made yes, photo and user made on their social media and I was like oh, I really want to get posted on the, like the international GoPro social media and um, I remember like submitting stuff and doing that and then I think I was on a I'd saved up money also shooting festivals and this was now 20 2015 was like a catch-up year of electives for me at UCT like I just needed to do a bunch of courses to graduate so I had a lot of free time to film so a good mate of mine wakeboarding friend of mine he was um, actually studying at Steli's and during our June July holiday we booked a trip to the Philippines because I had like an epic cable for wakeboarding like, cool we're gonna go there we're gonna ride every day film have an epic time and like that's when someone at GoPro in California reached out to me like, hey, Chris, we want to put you on the GoPro family. We're sending you the new session camera. Um, yeah, so this thing rocks up the Philippines. And there's like a little note of like, oh, like if you make a video, like, you know, the top five videos from different areas in the world, like we'll fly out to California. I was like, oh, I've got to do this. Make a video, post it on YouTube. It does pretty well. Didn't win that. But then GoPro released their awards program. And at the time, they were handing out like $5,000 for an edited video, $1,000 for like a raw video, and like $500 for a, for a photo. For anybody, like this is open to the public, you could just submit content. So I remember I got home and I submitted this Philippines video and it won. I was like, holy shit, I just traveled, spent, saved this money, spent it on a trip to the Philippines got and that. just made my, made it, all the money back plus more okay this there's something here um no gopro like they, they released the, this whole release of like this is the awards program we're gonna yeah. we're gonna pay you for your content which was genius at them no other camera brand does this which is ridiculous i don't know why anybody hasn't tried to copy it um because it's just like it's it's proof of concept you know if you have yeah. a product and you can show people that your customers are using it and it's changing their life or, or adding value like that's just that's just how you make so many sales yeah and so gopro realized like hey we can pay people for content and i guess what they're really doing is is they're also kind of getting a license to it because they're like well this is sick hey it comes their content yeah, yeah so it's like hey we can like instead <clears> of them having to go spend thousands of dollars on a shoot like shit we'll pay this guy five grand and we can use this for marketing and they're getting yeah. people from all around the world doing it. exactly exactly no yeah. yeah it's so sick yeah, for so gopro clear. for gopro to like find an athlete, a former, yeah, maybe even two athletes, send them all the way to the Philippines back. They're going to spend way more than $5,000 yeah. doing that. Well, on that note, tell us about the, the million dollar challenge because that's exactly what they're trying to do there as well. Yeah, so so, you're, yeah, so you you have a whole bunch that went through, but I want to know how many won eventually because on that video, the first one, it didn't really yeah. state at the end how many won. So, so this, yeah, it's a very miss. A lot of people think I won a million dollars, but not worth a million dollars. Because it was 10000 for like... So, so... Okay, so maybe frame what it is. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically, it started with the, the Hero 7. So this would have been 20... It was four <laughs> years ago. It's four years ago. No, no, no. This is like 20... This is 2018. Okay. This is 2018, yeah. So they released it 2018. And um, basically, GoPro had always gone viral because they, you know, when they released the new camera, they'd create a launch campaign. This is a very good product podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, okay, so I think they were like, you know what? Instead of us shooting these viral campaigns, like, why don't we just put up a million dollars and like show the world that like, yes, we can get our production team to go produce this, but like we could actually just get it made by our customers. And um, 
So, okay, we've got a prize pool of a million dollars. Go shoot something on the new GoPro, send it to us. And if you make it into, and our editors will edit the content. And if you make it in, you get a cut of a million. So you didn't even have to edit it? No, you oh, literally wow. submit your raw, unedited footage. You go out and film whatever you want to. Yeah. And um, a bunch of time. Send them a massive file. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Full on math. Like, yeah, that's why I always kind of stop my videos off for like a minute or two and then start again. I don't like looking through five minutes. Well, can you footage. imagine that? Yeah, on yeah. GoPro end. I mean, no, you would hired, love you for yeah. it. That's definitely something yeah. to do. <laughs> I, I reckon they must have hired like 20 interns to just scope through footage and send it to like the editor. But um, yeah, so they put up this prize pool and like they posted about it. So I was like, okay, hold on. I was like, I know how to use a GoPro really well. Like, I know, I kind of, you know, over the years of using it, kind of worked out what they like to see. And um, I remember it was just like GoPro always want bright contrasting colors and I guess unique angles, something that shows off the camera. Um, and they'd never featured wakeboarding in a launch video before. I was like, okay, this is, this is like my thing. Like yeah, I know yeah. all the best riders in the world now. Um, I built up that kind of relationship with a bunch of them the year prior and so the, the funny thing is i was actually flying to america to buy camera equipment because it was so much more expensive here so remember like i booked this trip to the states to go literally buy camera equipment i was, I think I was saving myself like sixty thousand rand just by flying there versus buying it here <laughs> yeah. so is this uh, other camera equipment like, yeah this other guy I, yeah, yeah so like I, I needed a new laptop i bought a sony a lens and a drone. So what were you doing with the wakeboarders? So these guys that you made rapport with, like what was, were you going out and wakeboarding with them and just having a jaw? Yeah. Like, what so were you doing from like, yeah, we jump, we jumping around on sorry, time scales sorry. a lot here, but I guess, um, in 20, 2017 is what I consider like my breakout year on social okay. media. So like 2016, first out of university, kind of finding my feet. And 2017 was when I like kind of went super consistent on YouTube, like put out a video every week for like, three to four months, watch my channel go from like 20,000 to 80,000 subscribers, just like, just by being consistent. Um, and also having sick video. That helps. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so 20, this is, what, this is 2017. Yeah. I went to the States for GoPro mountain games, which is kind of like the, they just, I think, yes, flew out a bunch of people for this event, but I was already there because I wanted to go film like all the best wakeboarders in the world because they all live in Florida. That's like the hub for wakeboarding, yeah. at least boat riding. Mm -hmm. So I went out there, stayed with a bunch of guys, started filming with them and just built up a relationship with like all the best guys in the industry. Like it was pretty, pretty cool. Like what, like becoming friends with guys that I had like posters of in my room when yeah, I was like yeah. the kid, you know, just like, fuck, like, man, cool. Like what's short? I'm going to last immediately. <laughs> Okay, like, keep it cool, keep it cool. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, and, and, I mean, the, ind the industry is so small, so everyone's super friendly, everyone's stoked to get content. And, um, yeah, so I met a bunch of guys, and then, yeah, so now this is a whole year later, GoPro released a million dollar challenge, fly to America to buy gear. And now it's winter because it's, like, November. Mm. Um, so I land in Florida, and my friend who I stay with a lot, uh, a guy called Corey Tunison, he's from Australia, he spends half the year in Oz and the other, you know, the end of summer. Um, so he's back in Oz, but his roommate at the time, a guy called Tyler Hyam, he's there. And he's like, this at the time, he's one of the new sort of rookie pros coming onto the scene. He's, like, he's pretty much the best guy in the world at the moment. Mm. And I land there, and my buddy in the Turks and Caicos is like, dude, the conditions are epic. You should come out. So I kind of look at it. I was like, okay, hold on. GoPro Million Dollar Challenge has just been released. Going to Florida, I'm like, 
Thai. We should go here. And it was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I was like, looked at tickets and they were like, oh, expensive. It was ridiculous to fly. I mean, it's like a two hour flight. It's like $1,300. Like, yeah, yeah, for two, where, for two people. Where two people. is it? It's, it's like next to all the Bahamas. Okay. It's yeah. in the Caribbean. Okay. Yeah. It's like on the edge of the Bermuda Triangle, okay. I think. And I'd been there for the first time earlier that year. So I knew how epic it was for content. I was like, cool, we've got tropical blue water, you know, so you've just got the aesthetics. I was like, cool, now let's just take an athlete and throw them in there. And um, I, I like basically talked tight. I was like, dude, we can do this. Like, I know we can win this. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I was like, dude, I'll pay for the flight. Like, you can just pay me back when, when we win. <laughs> and so yeah, I dropped like $1,300 on flights to get us there. And yeah, we just went ham on content for like five days. And basically what we we sort of agreed to is, is my buddy, Mark, who runs Wake to Wake in the Turks and Caicos. So like um, he had the boats and he was, you know, we were staying with him. So he was covering all, you know, the gas fees and all. And the com- I mean, we're staying at his house, so accommodation, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you will. Um, and we kind of agreed, okay, we'll submit everything under different accounts. This is how we got tactical with it. Um, but we're like, we, yeah, we agreed to split everything three ways. You know, me as the farmer, Tyler, the athlete, wake to wake as the supplier, if you will. Yeah. Um, so we shot like cliff jumping off a shipwreck, Tyler wakeboarding, jet skiing. Awesome video. Well, the jet yeah. skiing in like a super shallow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Unreal. Tyler's a machine. Bro, incredible. Um, you should, yeah. they filmed a wakeboard movie called, uh, called scumline you should type it on youtube give it give it a watch it came out like last year we'll drop the link tyler's there. scenes at the end and it's one of the greatest it's just so smooth bro. the way he lands back on the he's way. from the west coast and the west coast riders are like super strict on you have to be stylish like doesn't matter if you could do the hardest trick ever if you're not grabbing and making it look cool you don't do it uh, well, like tyler could do harder tricks if he chose not to grab it's, uh, it's pretty nuts um just his way that he falls onto the wake. It's like, you know, it's so much style. So yeah. I was like, this is the perfect guy to go with. And at the time he didn't have a lot of sponsors. So like in the wakeboard industry, a lot of these guys, if they have a boat brand, that's like one of their big paychecks. And like, the, like I can't take somebody who's sponsored by a different boat company than the one that's in Turks and Caicos. Sure. So he didn't even have a boat sponsor at the time. So like, cool, it's perfect. He can come with, like didn't have many sponsors at the time. Now he's like one of the, so yeah. that's, so that's crazy that, Wakeboarders have sponsored boats. So well, like right, Mastercraft sponsors. Yeah, Mastercraft. So they can only shoot videos with those. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's going to make sense. Though. Yeah, that's yeah. one of your bigger paychecks as, okay. a, as a rider, usually. Yeah. Um, so you caught him at the perfect time. Like caught him at the perfect time. He was like, up and I, I think he just won like Rookie of the Year on the tour. He got a bronze or something. I think oh, yeah, he was yeah. in X Games. Yeah. yeah. yeah he got a bronze at X Games. Um, and he'd landed a trick that no one else had done before off the way anyway that like that's beyond the point so we go out there and like when you go to the Turks and Caicos you're running on salt water so as a pro wakeboarder it's like you're not doing your hardest tricks you can't the wake's smaller it's salt water it's different the ocean's bumpy it's just like go do things go do stuff that looks cool yeah. you know so like stuff that you can usually do in your sleep back home is like hard to execute there so you know we wait i mean you guys seen the video we got yeah. up super early and yeah. filmed all these shots and it, how is it behind is it quite different? like your position is it like yeah, do you find it quite easy to, to i mean pull? i've been wakeboarding for so long so yeah. it's like and, and filming for so long so it's like go pulling up as an extension on my body now yeah, like to yeah. me i think it's easy but i like be doing this for so long. i put in my ten thousand hours yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so i've i've yeah it's it's like when when i see somebody do i was like oh, did you even wipe a lens into this? Like, wait, no, like people don't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so so for me, it's like I guess the hard part was what we tried to do new in there was 
we would both edge out and, and both cut back in. Like that hadn't really been done. Before. So that's hard. Like that's pretty strenuous, like holding the handle yeah. with one hand yeah. and holding a camera with another and trying to like not eat it. Well, like the way his, his wake from his board is hitting the wake and you've got to go Magic, behind yeah. as well. And like, it could just go over the front of your board, which it didn't. And I just full on scorpion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so we, we got a bunch of shots and then we kind of realized um, that the way GoPro set up is whoever makes it into the video, you get an equal share of a million dollars so yeah. if you get one video of your cat and somebody gets 20 shots of them surfing you're getting the same amount of money yeah so we didn't want to sp split one share amongst three of us so we were like okay tyler you submit just the wakeboarding footage of you uh, on your see. profile and then mark from wake to wake he had like you know himself uh, another employee i think his wife and like i think he even made a profile for his dog <laughs> it was just like it was just like okay so one like on one profile submit just the footage from like the jet skiing and the mangroves the other one just the cliff jumping on the shipwreck the other one just the free diving so then we had so then if gopro were looking through footage like okay we have to have wakeboard shot a free dive shot it's like but it's three different three different yeah. profiles which means three different cuts because the last thing you want to do is win and then somebody formed their cat and they got like you know ten thousand dollars now you've got to split this three yeah. ways of, yeah. after putting in so much effort like i don't think i even submitted any footage from that trip on my own profile i had like other stuff free yeah. diving at the springs in florida do you have a particular video of that cat that's haunting you as you mentioned the cat. Uh, <laughs> it's like in the comments it's always in the comments like people watch all the epic stuff and you just mentioned that a few times so i don't know <laughs> gopro, gopro, gopro definitely got a lot of hate at one stage would be like you you're an action sports camera stop posting like a cat or a dog or yeah. something you know not extreme yeah because they, they were pushing their marketing heavily towards an everyday camera at one stage because yeah. they just dominated the action sports markets like cool what's next people going to festivals people just recording anything yeah yeah um especially before iphones got the quality that now you yeah know? so they've kind of gone back more to their roots because you could do a lot on iphone but you're not going to take it scuba diving you're not going to take it skydiving yeah yeah um and yeah so we were super tactical and we each basically we each up i think gopro chose three different shots to three different profiles we got like seven or eight different shots in the whole video so we each got our own share oh, nice. and then i got another sh i don't know if it really i got another share <laughs> from the stuff in florida with another friend of mine and um, we were like kayaking on the spring and then she just did like the selfie so then i split okay. that with her so then I, I guess i ended up with like one and a half shares that, that shipwreck footage that took some cake yeah. and haircuts was it's so cool it's yeah things were apparently it shifted like a couple hundred meters in a hurricane once like, i don't know how it moves on the sandbar did you see what happened in mauritius now crazy wow and that that cycling didn't even hit the island it hit reunion it was meant to go straight through mauritius no way it hit Reu reunion just a reunion must have got dawn but so i think mauritius had about 40 mils of water in the day that caused all of that havoc they were meant to have like 150 it would have been i don't even think it exist <laughs> it would have been a disaster mother nature will humble you so quickly yeah, like sure. when the earth's done with us it could shake us off like a flea yeah like yeah we're nothing to add honestly sure yeah you know, it's just going to take some time there are a couple of people that died it's, it's yeah. i mean even the i drove up um just after christmas up to like basically near the Breda river and just seeing all the landslides yeah. from the rain in winter yeah. like i wasn't here in winter so just seeing all that I was like, there's even a big one on Table Mountain, a spot from the yeah, the yeah. Golf Course yeah. on the no. corner. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but even yeah, in Hermanus as well. Really. Yeah, everywhere. Then the river. Mm. Yeah, we had man rains though. Yeah. Because I think Stanford got like, they yeah. got smashed yeah. with the floods. 
Just type in Mauritius Isaiah to get it all. I mean, it's like crazy. Shout out to all my Russian boys. <laughs> Hope you're safe. Yeah, I've got two friends. One local friend and then one... Who's there? Um, this guy called... No, take, take, take. I think his name is Will. I met him in... Willow. No. Oh, I know Willow as well. Yeah, yeah. So Willow and then there's another guy called... I think his name is... Uh, he's a local Mauritian. I met him in um, Indonesia last year. Yeah, Super cool. nice dude. Um, yeah, that's uh, just yeah. Shout out to Bart. Yo. So it's <laughs> was there like... Not really? a massive surf. No, it was... Yeah, the surf just could have been... I saw it was like... Yeah, it's... It was like mush. Yeah, yeah. it's mush, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's from now. No, no, that's hectic. That's nuts. Or crazy. People standing on top of their cars. So now this is what I'm saying. Imagine three times them on order. Like, I haven't seen any stuff come on reunions. So you reckon they'd be saying. a list hit? Yeah, they hit reunions. Reunion. Yeah. Yeah. Reunion. Yeah. They were getting 100 mils. They were getting 100 mils. Oh, they got maybe better set up there. Probably no, they had the yeah, drainage and shit. Mm. But we did. Yeah, with the uh, shopping sidelines, we'll, we'll, we'll get you. They have a That's it. Yeah. It doesn't even look as well. As well, I mean, well, yeah, this is still there. <laughs> same, same. No, no, no. Like you said, not a can get you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I, I um, uh, I was in Fort Lauderdale during like a hurricane. It was like a category, like the lowest one. So it was, it just felt like a gnarly storm in Cape Town. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing that different to what we've experienced. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. obviously, you know, the higher the category or whatever, then the, yeah, yeah. You see cars, yeah, you see cars flying and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I walked in a stage four cyclone in Mauritius. Yo, I paid for it. The steel thing came through my legs and cut my legs on the seat. Very smart. Very smart. Yeah, yeah, I was terrified. We were walking around. Then you don't leave. You leave. So you, you spent a bunch of time in, Mar in Mauritius. Six years. Yeah, I lived there for six years. When was that? Um, I only got back last year, December. Not oh, no this one, the one for, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, you're, you're in asset management? Yeah. Where do you work? Uh, we did you capital. No, well, I still... That's you, No, Rockland Capital is an investment firm in, in Mauritius. Oh, is this real? Okay. So I still work for the Mauritian firm now, even be sitting in from the Cape Town office for the last year. Okay. Yeah. So it's been a good six years. You was the warm body up there. Yeah. Feels like this is That's why I'm a tax conversation. Yeah, tax stuff in Mauritius. Yeah. It's like if you don't paint your house, it's like tax free or something like that. You don't finish your house. Yeah, that's what I see a lot of the locals here. I think that's the thing in Sri Lanka as well. I went there years ago. Stayed at this Airbnb, fully furnished downstairs, upstairs, like just empty. Yeah. Just like. Half booked sky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like there was no roof. But also, which side of the mountain? I mean, which side of the island were you? Because on the east coast, that's where they got hit. That's by a tsunami quite a number of years back as well. In, in Sri Lanka, yeah, yeah I was in uh, Dequela, so south west. Okay, okay, very southwest. Yeah, yeah. So south of yeah. Ngombe and Colombo. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, that was a cool trip. Uh, yeah, I think that's one of the countries that I'd love to go back to. It kind of reminded me. Of how Bali was before Bali became what it is today. Yeah. It's a bit commercialized now. Yeah, but I've heard Shrek is way more commercialized. Oh, is it really? Is it? No, no. Probably, I, mean, I, I don't think it's anything like what Bali is. I think I was there six or seven years ago. I'm trying to think now for a destination wedding. Unreal though. Yeah. When I was there, Columbo. beautiful. And no, we flew into Ngombo, so by Colombo, and then we traveled across Sri Lanka. So to the, to the middle and then Pasukura on the east coast. That's where I was, that's where obviously picked up some of that little history, obviously going over there. Yeah. But the people are insane as well. But like friendly. Yeah. Mm. I, mean, I literally came off a scooter in the rain on wet paint and like, I don't know, this was like two days into it. 
and then scrapes all over my, over my body and these this like locals just took me in like changed yeah. me from a right yeah they were so solid i don't know about you but like as soon as they find out you say africa just straight to cricket <laughs> yeah, they're just like, oh, Johnson Road, Jacques Connors, like, give it us. It's like, it's just straight to cricket. As soon as we're from South Africa, oh, you like cricket? You want that? Like, I mean, so great. Yeah. 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 Common grinding of fun in Bali and Thailand. Mm-hmm. And but it is commercializing across the globe a lot. I mean, Mauritius as well. It's a shopping center after shopping center getting built, yeah. built, getting built, built. It's I mean, the, mm-hmm. the world's become so small with the internet and social media. Yeah. Like, it's, it's nuts. I mean, um, I got to do one of those sack surf tours to Bali oh, yeah. with Mr. O. And Mr. like, o. remember going there? It was like, this is 2011. And you went, th- you went there to, if you were a surfer or if you were Australian and you wanted a tropical vacation and maybe to party. And there was like yeah. three clubs in Bali. Nowadays, you could, you could blindfold someone and drop them at a beach club in Bali and be like, hey, you're in Dubai, you're in Ibiza. And yeah. the person would look around and be like, I believe you. Mm. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, so have you traveled back there recently? Or yeah, is it just still like two commercial free muscles? Is there not? So um, it's it's Changu in that whole area that I can't stand. I don't. There's nothing there that I want. Okay. Um, so I'm always down in the south, like in the Bukit area, Uluwatu. Yeah, Uluwatu is more of like a yeah, it's still area. surf village. Not. I mean, it's man, the development that's happening there is crazy. It's, okay, it's picking up a lot. Um, I reckon in five years time it'll probably be like Changu. Um, but that's that's where I've kind of based myself out of during winter. So. I'll go base myself there and just do trips from there, whether it's to the States, Europe, Australia, wherever. Um, just because being here in winter is, is kind of hard to work because yeah, it's just yeah. rainy and cold. So you can there's not much like, there's not much to fall. Yeah. yeah. Like I had a, I had a job with, uh, Bon Aqua, the water company. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And they, they hit me up, hit me up in like February and I was away and I had so much work. So I was like, and like, I think I sent them my rates and didn't hear back from them. I was like, oh, I'm not following up. I've got too much other stuff to work. And then they messaged me like, First, we can make like, hey, this thing's back on. Like, we want you to do it. And like, your category is fun in the sun. And I was like, I just sent them the weather report of the last two weeks. And the next week, I was like, there's been no sun for the last two weeks. There's two days where it's sunny for the next two weeks. And one of them, I have a wedding. So it's like, I think you need to like push the date out. Like, maybe you should push this project back to the like, no, it has to go live in June. So we like shot this whole thing in like one and a half days, had everything ready. And they're like, oh, we can release it in November now. <laughs> <laughs> Which was better because it was like, how can you release a fun in the sun campaign in the middle of winter? People like, what are you doing? So, yeah, I just, at least. Did you get some No, I just like, that was in the bank and okay, it went off to Indonesia, was there for five months, came back and it went live in like November. And lovely. Yeah, so it was just kind of safe. So, your general calendar year, you, you seem mostly based in Bali and then you're flying all over from there at your base. Well, that in winter. In winter. In winter, that Our winter. Uh, so, yeah, so South like, African winter. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I mean, this year I might do it for a little bit less. Maybe go spend like a month in the states or Europe or somewhere else. Um, but it's it's a great place to live. You know, cost of living is similar to Cape Town. Yeah. Um, it's got everything you yeah, need. Food's good. Food's so good. Serves good. Um, yeah, it's it's what Aussie is. It's very developed. <laughs> oh, he's in the. He's I'm in a relationship. I was gonna say I've been working on the engagement video. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dropping knees on the surfboard, but not not just yet. <laughs> Keep away a little bit longer. Um, yeah, so so my partner Regan, we we both go to Indonesia. You can also work online. Uh, yeah, um, so that's really cool. And um, yeah, I just kind of living there in the summer. Obviously, you know the tax benefits as mm-hmm. well. Um, it's just kind of a it's a no brainer for me. 
Yeah. So what is work? Because a, a lot of people tie <laughs> no, because a lot of people tie GoPro. Obviously, you had a GoPro by slide since you started. So yeah. The tie is like I thought maybe even contracted to GoPro or something along those lines. Yeah. So how do you you have your media company and then obviously YouTube must get, bring you some income? Yeah, well, I mean, we also drinking salsa that you created with a well, co-founder. Yeah. So the, yeah, we'll get it. Let's get into that. In like, in like yeah, the, give it a yeah, yeah, space. So, so so basically, I guess I've I've kind of evolved from being a freelance filmmaker if yeah. you will so people when i started out people would hire me because they wanted my style they wanted me to make a video for them then social media came along my social media grew um this was uh, this is maybe worth noting but like remember i was talking about that gopro photo of the day video of the day mm. like back then what we like let's call it the golden days of social media like gopro would post a photo that i took on gopro i get like four to six thousand new followers on instagram and like 24 hours no just from them sharing on to their millions of followers so like that helped grow, like get my social media going and then when i went consistent on youtube and was just posting a lot that kind of grew everything so then my career sort of transitioned from freelance filmmaker to uh the more let's call it you know the influencer route where it's like people were now paying me for my audience yeah. as well as my ability yeah. and now I get brands who, you know, some, and I'm, I'm very meticulous with my contract coming from this filmmaking background. It's like, cool. Are you hiring me, um, just for me to shoot something for you? Or are you hiring me because you want me to post something? Or if you're really smart, you're going to hire me for both mm. because, you know, I'll get like a, a contract or an offer from a company and it's like, it's, I can just see it's like an influencer campaign. And I'm look at this and go, okay, you know, if they've got somebody else on this campaign who's like a selfie taking influencer with the iPhone. It takes them five minutes to take a selfie with whatever product. Like, there's no production cost. To it. But me, I'm spending mm. like thousands of dollars on production. Mm. And like, you could, as a company, you could run this as an ad on billboards, TV, or whatever. So like, if the contract says you have rights to my content on like an influencing campaign, I'm like, no, 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 you don't have rights. To that. that you got to pay extra for. And most of the time, they're like, oh, okay, it's fine. We'll yeah. take that out because like they know they're not going to use the content from most yeah. of the other people. Yeah. And then I've had brands come back, hey, and like the client really liked the video. They want to run it on a billboard and like. Hong Kong and Portugal and like it's cool here's the fee like, <laughs> and that's straight up how the industry is I, yeah, think, yeah. I think a lot of people get taken advantage of for that when they don't know any better so transitioning and I still get hired as a freelance filmmaker today I don't do those jobs as often because um, like why would you if you can work for yourself you know mm. if, if a company says I'd rather make slightly less money with a company going like hey we just want we just want to sponsor a YouTube video of yours. Like we trust, we trust you. Like, so that's what you prefer. That's what I prefer yeah, because yeah. you've got full creative freedom. You don't yeah. have to deal with a client who's got like, oh, can you do this and do that? Because it's just like <laughs> most of the time, clients don't know better. Yeah, you know, it's like sure. there's there, and there's a huge issue in the in the industry right now where you've got brands who because brands a lot of the time not well a decent amount of time they don't know what they want or need so they hire an agency mm. the problem is the agency pitches to the client with something that the brand's going to love but it's the wrong thing for the audience mm. so then you've got the agency trying to please the client because that's who's paying but then they outsource the you know production company or influence or whatever to make the wrong content and this this i would say this happens probably 80 percent of the time because nobody at least for social media nobody wants to see an ad mm. like a, a successful campaign is when you didn't even realize it was an ad until like halfway through or then because you're sharing like a lifestyle yeah sharing lifestyle you're like entertaining or engaging or educating yeah um 
And I think, you know, I think brands, especially the older, bigger corporations, you know, they've had, you know, they, they have been in the industry where it was print magazines, billboards, TV. It was just that. And you just paid a lot of money to go on that. And now it's like, okay, social media is a new thing. We need to invest in it. But they're like, oh, what if we just put the billboard content and the stuff on this? No, like nobody wants to see what they could see on social media on the pamphlet because you can scroll past it. You can skip yeah. an ad. So yeah. now you need to make it like entertaining. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of big companies are missing that. And it's just like this, almost like this endless cycle that can't, re- like some brands are just nailing it. Like they're doing such a good job. But like Red Bull. You know, they yeah. always talk about how Red Bull never promote a can. It's a media company. Yeah. yeah, they're yeah, literally, yeah. It's a media company, but they always have everything very well branded. You yeah. know, so like, um, I'm sure you saw the one of the guy wake skating off a drone off yes. that thing. Yeah. Epic. So <laughs> yeah, big Red Bull sticker on the, on the kicker, his parachute, Red Bull logo, yeah. Yeah. um, bottom of his board, Red Bull sticker, Red Bull helmet. Like yeah. they've always got their brand. Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're that recognizable. So like I've tried to translate that into, into River now. Like if you go on our Instagram, it's not, it, we're just trying to entertain. Mm. We're just, we want people to be like, oh, that's cool. Or like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh, what are they, oh, there's a can there. What are they drinking? Yeah. Because you know? yeah. as soon as you see an ad, I don't know what you guys, I'm just next, next, yeah, next. Absolutely. Like, because yeah. you know it's an ad. Yeah. But if something's entertaining, engaging, you're like, oh, cool. I watch this thing. Like, oh, flip, this was an ad. Didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. Um, at least that's the way successful social media marketing is these days. Yeah, they're promoting lifestyle, not product. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> now, obviously, not every brand can do that. No, so, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think being uh, like a filmmaker and going into the social media world, you learn so much about marketing just through experience. Um, but yeah, we've damaged a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess back to, yeah. So transition, you know, from freelance filmmaker yeah. to more, you know, social media based. Um, I still do the odd freelance job, you know, um, if it's a cool project or if it's got a good paycheck. Sure. I think, is it a freelance job, uh, PUBG? No. Is that an example? Yeah. So that was, that was a bit of, that was a bit of both. I, I pitched that concept to them because they wanted like an, it's kind of like an influency type thing, but I was like, Hey, this one, this is going to resonate best with my audience if we take this approach. I was like, and you guys can obviously use it for marketing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that so was like a live action version of the game. Yeah. Right? yeah. Just for the listeners. Yeah. But I pitched it to them. I was like, okay, they wanted me to do it. It's like, cool. I don't really game much. I'm not a gaming channel. I was like, but the thing was, you know, they're releasing like a surfing based version. It's like, cool. Obviously that's on brand for me. I know a bunch of surfers. So, um, you know, message my friend Alex, who was in Bali at the time. And I was like, cool. He's a pro surfer. He, we can dress him up like the video game character and make like a promo video. And the, to me, this was the concept that was going to be most on brand for me and what they wanted. It was really hard to find that balance. I had to fight back with them a lot because they wanted me to put like a bunch of their animated stuff in. And like, at the end of the day, I think there was more in there than I would have liked. Maybe on the, in, maybe on the Instagram post. Um, and so I, I like, I push back a lot and I think it's important for creators to do that because um, you got the brand who wants to obviously, you know, tick their boxes or the agency pushing for it. Cause you know, like with this thing, I was dealing with my manager who's dealing with the agents, he was dealing with the clients. You got like two or three middlemen before it gets to the client. So like communicating anything would take like two days because like my manager's in Canada, the agency's in, I think, California and PUBG's based out of China. And I'm in Indonesia. I almost get lost in translation. Mm. Do you ever think back just having a conversation with... Uh, Yeah, but it's just like, 
that's the whole thing is and there's my management and the edges. I'd, I'd love to know what the actual production budget was versus like what what, what got to me. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like it's like PUBG are like cool. We got this amount of money. Goes to the agency. The agency goes cool. We we, we take this amount percentage, yeah, and then goes to my manager. They take twenty percent, and then it gets to me. It's like, I was still happy. I got. I heard yeah. it's, it's gaming companies. Gaming companies have so much money. Anything yeah, tech yeah. related has so yeah. much money. Yeah. Tech, oil, cosmetics, cars. And for you, you obviously love the project. So like, for yeah, it was, I was like, cool, we can make this work. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's things that could have been a little bit better, but um, yeah, we made it work. It was a, it was a good paycheck, a fun project too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was just cool to work with a gaming company. Like yeah. I'd love to do, love to work with like GTA. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah the new GTA we, release. The, the yeah. filmed, we filmed like a GTA style video for F1 in Abu Dhabi a few years ago. But they didn't, did they even release it? And, um, but that's like a freelance client. If you get a GTA video, yeah, in South Africa, can we be extras? That's kind of broad internet. You're going to be in London, right? I've been waiting 10, 12 years for that. The difference in I kind of wish I'd known the trailer was going to come out because then I would have like edited that that one that we filmed in Abu Dhabi and like try to release on my YouTube channel to like get on the hype of it. Yeah. Um, but it's only coming out like what next year the year after yeah it's meant to come out this year that they pushed it back yeah. so I should just shoot something yeah, and I would just have it in the bank ready have it in the go. bank for like trailer 2 yeah trailer 2 and then it's like GTA real life Cape Town yeah. <laughs> yeah. we ready this weekend <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be that'd be epic um, okay but just stepping out of work so I just mm. wanted to ask like like what is your favorite thing to do in terms of all the disciplines the extreme disciplines that you, we talk about snowboarding wakeboarding skating yeah. surfing boards and bikes surfing okay. surfing Surfing's like Surfing's a one time where it's just like, just me, no phone, no GoPro. It's like my workout or just my full escape. Yeah. It's like when you're 100% present. And it's like, it's the most addictive feeling on the world. It's like ecstasy in its most natural form. Um, obviously, snowboarding is fun and like, it's, it's, I guess for surfing, it's a big novelty, but um, I don't think anything comes close to surf, surfing. And it's funny, you ask any other action sport athlete who's like a pro snowboarder, or um, wakeboarder and if they surf they will all say surfing like yeah. if they could all just quit and surf most, so what most is it is it I guess like it's the feeling nature, it's, the noise it's, yeah it's it's because you're you're flying along a wave and it's just energy that's come out from the middle of the ocean and now it's at the beach and you just happen to catch it and ride it for a couple of seconds and it's there's no engine there's no anything so it's just this yeah it's just it's like pure ecstasy it's, it's crazy also you when know. you stop i mean you just go to the beach you're in the sun have a beer have a bright I mean, yeah, yeah. Post, it's, it's a lot easier <laughs> exactly it's um yeah i guess and being in the barrel of her yeah that's that's impressed. that's what's the most next level thing like I, I i'm i'm a i consider myself a competent surfer but i suck at barrel riding like i absolutely <laughs> suck at barrel riding it's the one thing I've been surfing for like 20 years. It's the one thing I'm like really not good at. I can get into a barrel. I just suck at coming out. <laughs> but it helps because everyone's like, oh, if you come out of it, you weren't deep enough. I was like, cool, that, that helps justify just how many barrels I haven't come out of. But like time literally slows down. Like you pull into a barrel and it's like one second. It feels like three. And like, I remember I worked on a project in, in J-Bay during lockdown with a, a buddy of mine, Dylan Lightfoot. He's a pro surfer from J-Bay. And um, we were supposed to go to the Indo lockdown happened, so we're cool, can't do that. I was like, hey, let's do something in JB. And I remember like, so I did a couple of trips up there and there was one swell where it was like, oh, it was questionable. I was like, no, I'm good. Drove, get in my car, drive eight hours, take off on my first wave, pull in, get barreled, like decent barrel, don't come out. I'm just like, just biggest smile on my face for the rest of the day. I'm just like, cool. 
but that was worth it. Just that wave was worth eight hour drive. Like we're at dinner, just like smiling still. Like, so <laughs> Stoke is real. Stoke is so real. Um, and I guess the fun thing about forming surf is the only time when I'm not surfing is when I'm flying the drones. Like battery's dead, like cool. I'm in the water babysitting the athlete, putting the GoPros on them, just making sure everything's all right. But like, I need to surf. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It was like, have you done a lot of filming in the States? Like I was um, recently out in Hawaii and I was in the North Shore. Went up to pipe. So sick to watch pipe live. It's like something else. Something I still want to do. I haven't done it. No, I, I went to Hawaii, but it wasn't in season. Oh, really? Yeah. I was going to say, do you like big wave surfing? Like how big? I mean, no, uh, like, do I do it? Yeah, like, um, what's your biggest? Um, probably got a 10 foot wave. Okay, but like, terrifying. the thing with. <laughs> thing is, like, the thing is, you post that online, people are like, holy oh, shit, he has a 10 foot wave. The dumbest thing about surfing is the way it waves are measured. Because no, you go in the back, not yo, the front. Yo, in Hawaii. Like, this, this people go, like, oh, it's like two foot Hawaii. It's like, you, what, what is two foot Hawaii to you guys is like, 20 feet because <laughs> like, you measure from the back it's like yeah let's measure away from the part that you don't surf it because that makes sense <laughs> yeah it's so it's it's so yeah like you, touch you can make a whole no you can make a whole literally you can make a whole podcast and guys debates about online every day but like you know like if i'm getting a wave that's above me like i'm i'm six foot so a wave will be above my head and i'll yeah. call it four feet yeah so yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, also a big debate with the surfing nice water log Mauritius is you know how difficult yes. guys can be about spots and stuff do you, so, do you but that's, that? that's the French okay so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but it's just in some other places right Hawaii yeah, yeah, French, I mean it's funny like and I, I feel bad for you know French surfers and Brazilian surfers because there's a you know I mean yeah they get you know there's a, a group of people that give them a bad rep mm. um, but you know what if you have a reputation it means that some majority of people are doing something you know so like um, the French have the, the French have a bad rip, and the so Brazilians, Brazilians, Brazilians. A couple, I think the wines as well. Uh, the wines in Hawaii, yeah. But then, ironically, some of them definitely don't act the way they should without Hawaii because they're all about this Aloha thing. It's like we're locals, so like you respect your locals. So like in Hawaii, sure, yeah. if you're local and J Bay localism is a real thing, mm-hmm. like the locals in J Bay enforce the lineup, but in a good like in a good way. Sometimes I think the middle aged Bali's go above and beyond sometimes, but. Okay. Um, for, me, for people that are meant to be so chilled out, it's a bit hectic out there. It's funny, man. Surfers, <laughs> surfers are your best friend on land, your enemy in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's they a, just want their natural, they want their natural yeah, waves. That's a limited it. resource. We're know? having the same conversation with Nico. Yeah, are we yeah, yeah. With yeah. coconuts. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's, it's funny. Yeah, surfing's, surfing's a weird thing, but it's just, you know, if you've got a lineup and there's etiquette and control, everyone can have a good time. Um, but if you've got guys who are just being dickheads in the water, then... Have you been out to that wave we were talking to Kokinus about um, up the coast? Oh, the longest wave in Africa, that yeah. wave. What was it? The one out to Bay, Bay, Namibia. So I've been there three or four times. I don't think I've ever screamed so much while flying a drone before. I so I filmed, if you go on my YouTube channel, you'll see this film this guy called Coe Smith from Hawaii. He's like one of the guys who's got that place dialed. And um, I've linked up with him there a few times. And... I knew he, so I just, I kept my drone on him because I knew if someone's going to get away, it's like, it's going to be Koa and there's like two or three other guys, but I just put my drone. It's a super quick drop, apparently. Dude, that wave comes at you at 45 to 60 kilometers an hour. Like I remember flying, I was flying my drone, just watching Koa and I'm like, somebody's watching my show. I was like, hey, what does the speed say in the corner? He's like, oh, it says 50, 55, 60. Like a couple of my drones are just full tilt. Um, If you go down, no, down a little bit. Yeah. Go up, go. Oh, type in like eight barrels. Oh, isn't this one says eight barrels? Yeah. Oh, it is that one. Oh, no, 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 no. That one, that one. 
um, throwing that out there. So, <laughs> <laughs> if it says too so, popular, that must be it. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> this thing broke the internet at the time. It was insane. So I remember filming this thing, and he gets to like his sick, sure, sick barrel, and the thing kind of chandeliers, and like I was like, ah, oh, he's like, I was like, he's probably fallen, and the thing just opens up, but he comes out. I'm just on the beach, like, what the <laughs> like just screaming everyone just on the beach is like what is this guy doing he's just hunched over like not seeing that I'm holding a drone controller yeah and then Koa just like he traveled 1.7 kilometers and rode this thing for I think two minutes got eight barrels and he walks out the beach and he like I don't think he fully comprehended what had gone he, I remember telling me he's like yeah I wasn't gonna stay on the wave I saw the drone so I just stayed on the wave and yeah, how long was the panel after that like so you, didn't you, walk, you walk there the 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 rip is insane. You like you totally can do a, you can do a dry run there and knock it away because the rip is so naughty. Um, so yeah, he just walks like two kilometers back up the beach to us. I'm like, dude, like wave of your life. And he was like so mellow about it. And then took the took the SD card up and the laptop. We washed it back, and then everybody just kind of started freaking out. And then so he wasn't even. Jeez, it looks like quite a thick wave. That yeah. wave is so thick, and I think that's what's nice about like the drone clips because the GoPro clips from the rider's perspective, you just. It's just like, oh, this is the most perfect easy barrel ever. But the lip is so thick and the wave is so strong. Guys break so many boards, break backs, get injured. I've never had, I've I've given it a crack a few times. I've never had a wave humble so much. Like just to be able to paddle and get onto this thing. Because you've got to, you know, stand up and be going at 50 kilometers an hour in two seconds. And I'm on my backhand, which is even harder there. Um, So is that a Hawaii like one yeah, some of yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like one, one to two foot Hawaiian, but sure. But like, look at Ko. Ko is like, he's, so he's, he's like a little bit shorter than me. So he's like, you know, he's like just under probably six foot, and that wave is way above him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's almost double his eyes on something yeah. else. So just um, keeps going. Yeah. Just keeps going and going and going. And then. No, it's a sandbank brace then. Yeah, sandbank. It's right. It's the craziest thing because when you arrive there, it's just like this long beach. And it's, it's a point break, but it's a like. It's always because you arrive and it just feels like a long beach. Instead, the waves just coming straight. They're just going sideways down the beach. You're like, what, what is going on? How is this possible? Sense. Yeah, but, it's but it only works for big swells. Big swells, like the direction has to be so precise. Like just two or three degrees off can make the wave so much harder, so much this easier. Works, just by the way, listen to the still on the way. Yeah, but like, yeah, it's and minimal riders out there. Ridiculous. Pretty rides at two minutes fifty one yeah, well, seconds. I mean, one wave. Yeah, the wave's breaking for like two kilometers and there's this wave can handle a hundred people easily because half the people are walking up the beach, other half in the water spread out. Um so it can handle a crowd and there's a no one really paddles back up. You paddle to just try stay. But that's the same a place. to this location? Is it quite um it's uh no, nah, it's 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 not hidden at all. Like it's not hidden. Nah, nah. I mean this is public knowledge. Now you can literally put it on Google Maps. It's right in front of Alphys Bay. Okay. No, I used to think it was like deep in the desert. I remember my first trip I was like, are you kidding me? It's like right here. But like luckily it's Namibia and for the rest of the world to get there, it's really far. Mm, but yeah. I mean, COVID flies all the way from Hawaii to get there. People come from Australia, Brazil, Chile, um, Tahiti. No French though. <laughs> Tahiti? <laughs> I mean, the guy from Tahiti arrives there. Like you guys have seen Chopu, right? I've like, seen Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, fucking thickest, one of the thickest waves in the world. So the guy from Tahiti rocks up there and he's like, he gets his first wave and he's just like, I think I filmed some of it and it was like this mad brown, it's the whole way. He comes in, he's like, oh man, this wave is crazy. It's like, it's like Chopo times a hundred. I'm just like, fucking, I tried to surf this thing. I would never <laughs> want to surf in Tahiti, like never that way. That wave would just kill me. And I'm like, okay. And it's like the only time I've ever like pulled into a barrel on my backhand and had enough time to look around. I'm like, wow, this is a lot of remedy. I was like, oh, 
fucks because about to really fuck me up. Like, <laughs> take a beating, and then you like that's sick, yeah. Though. You watch someone else get the barrel of their life in front of you, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna take this and duck dive, koala bear onto your board, do two backflips underwater. It's oh no, proper powerful. You're, yeah, like know. if you if you if you don't consider yourself a a very competent surfer you shouldn't even try it, so yeah, yeah. and if you do you'll just get so humbled like straight away just, yeah. like you you will eat it and you will hurt you'll seriously hurt yourself like seriously hurt yourself. Yeah. yeah don't worry I'm not going anytime soon <laughs> I'd love to dedicate it to like getting really fit and like training just to try surf this way but it doesn't hold you under in terms of breath I'll just pin you on the on the it's on the sand on the sand yeah. but then you can actually just wait a little bit and push up so it's not like a big issue in terms of holding your breath underwater nah no. No. just if you get hit by the lip yeah. you can get hurt no you you because you're going to hit hard sats you're going to yeah. worry about like breaking yeah. a bone yeah, yeah. guys breaking, breaking noses necks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. breaking necks like yeah, yeah this actually, wave will, will destroy you I actually just saw um, what's that big wave surfer um, American I think it's Astro Hawaii and he was just where well, we just surfed a pipe and he wore a helmet for the first time Kyle Lenny Kyle Lenny yeah. mm-hmm. and he hit his head on the reef, bro. I saw it. Yeah. Fully cracked the helmet. Fully cracked the helmet. Yeah. And like, how often are those wearing helmets, bro? Mm. Yeah, you said it's booked. Yeah, you said it. Yeah, it's time. First time wearing helmet, and that happens. Yeah, more people are starting to do it, especially. It makes, sense. makes so much sense. And that, I mean, that wave, it's killed the most people on the planet. Yeah. By like, bro. The energy there is wild. And I was there watching it. And it's so shallow. It's so much power. Just you know, okay. middle of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Were they surfing when you were there? Yeah, it's a couple of hours up. Yeah. And it was big, bro. Well, I don't know if it was a wide big, but it felt big. But <laughs> 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 like you can't, you're not allowed to go up to like the water edge. Sometimes but those are like, sorry, it's too dangerous. Mm. Like the back current can just whip you off your feet. Mm. Like can just take you off. No, it just, but it was cool. Like, I really wanted to go and see it. So we actually yeah. took a an RV around the whole of the epic Maui. It was fucking cool. Wow. Yeah. Probably a cheap way to do it. Why expensive, man? So actually went through the town that. Went through the yeah. Hurricane. Oh, the yeah. the fire, the fire, the fire. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. No, I, I was there. I just left like two months, three months after the big fire, and bro, I did the whole island on the RV. And the RV was so just simple oh. beaches. That's so sick. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Hawaii is yeah, Hawaii is incredible. I need to go back. Definitely. Yeah, I think I had the pros and cons, but like so mm. that island was sick. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not high up on my list because you've been to the states and it was yeah, yeah, it's like when you land in Hawaii, it's like on a tropical island, it's like. You know America's still here, yeah. which has its conveniences. Yeah. It's like, do you want Amazon Prime? Sure. It's like, <laughs> it's like do you want it? That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. But it's just like, it's like, at least on Oahu, you know, it's like, yeah, on Oahu. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I've heard amazing things about Kauai. Yeah, Kauai. I didn't go to Kauai. I went to three islands, uh, Big Island, Maui, and the main island. Mm. And plus, I was lucky, bro. I chopped to the old, I chopped around the old main island and did some cool shit because my friends chopped pilot there. Oh, epic! Yeah, I did the Maui and all the slip on beaches. Yeah, that's yeah. way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it was cool. It was a cool experience. I mean, I don't think I go back anytime soon. Literally, because I say this to everyone that when you flew back, you fly. I flew Hawaii, New York, ten hours. You're still in the same fucking country. I was wondering if that flight. Still in the same country. Yeah. And then you fly the sixteen hours to Joburg and then home. So it's like you know, and it's literally yeah. on the other side of the world. Yeah, that was the little longest. Little my nerves as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was a forty-four hour journey. Yeah, that was the longest flight we've ever done. Mm. I went because I always fly. I mostly fly um, fly Dubai. So I went Cape Town, Dubai, Dubai, LA, LA, why? And I get to so I get to long. LA, and the customs officer is like, "It's like, what is it? Sees where I've come from. It's like sees where I stopped to go. He's like, I'm not even just going. He's like, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> You're making all this effort. Yeah, yeah." Um, so crazy. So Chris, what is next? I want to ask what's next, but what's the bucket list project? What's the like? What's the big one that you kind of 
yeah. have or dream of? Or that's a really good question. Um, I mean, I just I still want to find any excuse I can to surf. So I just would love to still go get really barreled because you know I'm really not good at that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I guess another bucket list thing is I'd love to do like a epic backcountry like powder um, snowboard trip, mm-hmm. whether it's um, with a cat or a or a heli. I was um, gonna say a heli jump. That's yeah. I, I, I mean, I did I did um, with the cats in Canada. We were on a job with Alberta Tourism, which was really epic, and there was like this abandoned ski resort. So they just take the cat up, um, and you're just in the back of that. Am I cat? Um, cats are good. It's, uh, like it's, it's like a big It's like a glorified tractor. Okay. Yeah, it's like a yeah. tractor. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just like uh, some skiing and boarding in uh, Japan, bro. Yeah, that's out in the world. That's definitely on the list. Yeah. 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 yeah Japan trip. Just gotta get that visa. I'm stuck on the green mamba. So. You're stuck on the green mamba. Yeah. Yeah. Me Which, too. Yeah. <laughs> not easy. Yeah. yeah. No, it's mm. not. So I've got I've got a bunch of visas, but obviously, I mean, I've lost jobs because like, hey, can you be in Italy in two weeks? It's just like new. No, yeah. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, Japan's Japan's on the bucket list. Um, I, I would love to go to um, Tahiti, French Polynesia. Um, and what else? Is there is there a wave out there that you've been to that hasn't surfed yet, or just one that's on the list that kind of maybe just be out your range a little bit, but you could do? Um, there's I've seen one online in Fiji. I forget the name. Fiji is a good spot. It's on the Moitu. I went there now for the first time. Yeah. Jeez, that's a, some scary waves there. Yeah. But there's a right, there's a right because I'm a regular, so I want to surf right. Yeah. Um, but there's a right wave there that looks insane. I've seen one or two friends going get stupidly bowed, and it looks pretty makeable. So I'd love to go back there. Um, they'll hopefully line up the job with the Fiji tourism, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, cool. Um, oh, and then I'm gonna, I think I might try to do this in April. I want to go do. There's a Let's call him an Instagram friend because we've been chatting for years. <laughs> it's like an online game. Yeah, it's like yeah. an online game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a pinball. Exactly. Got so many of those thanks to Instagram. This guy called uh, Joel Scott or JS35 on Instagram. This guy just gets so barreled. And he's like, dude, this guy's like, um, he just goes out early mornings before work and um, just takes his jet ski, does step offs into the craziest barrels at Stratty in Australia. Step offs? Like, your main drives a jet ski and you don't yeah, have to yeah. paddle. It's just all the hard work oh, is done yeah, where you can just yeah, jump yeah. off into the wave and take off, stand up, just easy barrel. And it's just, just like that. That's like the cheat card, yeah. the cheat yeah. code. Yeah. Cheat yeah. code. Yeah. So it's like, because paddling and catching the wave is the hard part. It's yeah. like, like, yes, it is more rewarding to catch the wave. So I was like, no, no, no. Give me the cheat code. I want to go get some, I just want to go get barreled. Yeah, so I want to hit him up because I do a bunch of work with Sea-Doo. Um, and he's just been hooked up with them. So I want to try line up a trip. And um, he's always, he's done a bunch of stuff with GoPro, but I think he's actually the marketing manager for um, Fisher, you know, DJ Fisher, yeah, yeah, I think, because yeah. he launched also a Salsa company. Yeah. So yeah. I, think, I think Joel mates with him and he's like the marketing manager at the okay. Salsa Sweet. brand there. Yeah. Um, so we've chatted surfing and we've chatted business as well, like oh, bounce cool. ideas of each other. Because yeah, yeah. it's not like you're a competitor there in Australia, we're here. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool to chat to them about that. Um, no, there's a couple of things on the bucket list. I haven't really given it much thought. Yeah, I am yeah. very, very lucky that I also get to do a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah, job. Um, yeah, I definitely take it for granted sometimes. Um, but also, you know, it comes with the pressure of like, you've got to get there. You, you're there to work, get shots. Yeah, yeah. And then once you get the stuff you need and you still got extra days, like, okay, cool, now I can really have some yeah, fun. Yeah. Um, have you ever wanted to really do like a collab with Red Bull at all? Um, 
I've worked with Red Bull a little bit in the past. So um, Red Bull is an incredible company. So the, the my sort of conflict with interest with Red Bull is that they are a media company okay. and I am a media company. So it's like if I come up with a really insane idea that requires a lot of budget. You want to follow through. It, yeah, exactly. So yeah. like, and I we did do that years ago and it kind of worked out well, but Red Bull are going to write off the check, which means it's theirs. You know, they're the ones funding it. But it's for them to post. It's on their That's thing. Cool. Exactly. So it's like, do if I could, still say bye, Chris Rock. Uh, yeah, sort of. They like link my YouTube channel because basically I made like a more GoPro version and their one was more like professionally shot by an actual production company. But it was a friend of mine's concept. He pitched it to them. Well, we kind of pitched it to them together and then it got approved. Um, but I guess, yeah, if I could find a way to work with Red Bull where we can make the project happen where it's like I still have the control I want over it and they get what they need and we can both post in our own ways because my, my style is different too whatever mm-hmm. they use mm-hmm. then, it'll, then it'll work out great because mm-hmm. um, obviously they've got deep pockets whereas like got deep pockets yeah whereas like I've worked with Monster before and Monster Rat Monster like cool what you need here's the paycheck slap a logo some cancel it's like super easy to work with yeah. where Red will run a tight ship yeah. um, but they're like a proper media company so it's super legit um, and I kind of like I kind of like the organized chaos sometimes, you know. Yeah, like yeah. It also gives of, you freedom to do work. It gives me a and, lot more yeah, freedom. Yeah. Like Red Bull, is super meticulous about things, but that's why they are the best. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I guess there's a bunch of brands. I mean, I've gone to work with some dream brands, and there's still other companies I'd love to work with. Like who? Um, fans would be cool to work with. They got deep pockets. <laughs> <laughs> You won't be able to hook that up. No, <laughs> what's, what's your connection? But that both bands to South Korea. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Epic. Epic. Yeah, That's yeah. cool. Back yeah. in the 97. Yeah. Yeah. I used to sell the shoes. Yeah, yeah, I was That's a cool. sales rep for the Western Cape Nova for like nearly 10 10 years. Okay. Is Warren still there? Warren's actually heading it now. No way. Yeah, okay. so he's gone from marketing to literally brand manager custodian. Okay, cool. So yeah, it was actually, we sold the company in 2014. And it was bought by a company called Bounty Brands. And subsequently now it's moved on to a company called Arius. They okay. do like Birkenstock and Under okay. um, <clears throat> Armour. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I just like, I like the, <laughs> I like what the brand represents. Up. And because surf industry doesn't have money. They're yeah. so broke. Yeah. Like yeah. those companies are just so broke. And, um, you know, they've had their, like what they called them the cocaine and champagne days in the early 2000s where they were just printing money. And, um yeah i guess i don't know if it's a combination of them not adapting with the times or just the way the industries have shifted you know like i mean when we were groms i was like you wanted a billabong or a volcom shirt or something else mm-hmm. like a big deal like nowadays people want minimal stuff you know they don't mm-hmm. like a big you can't just put hurley across the thing and think you can sell it for hundreds of rand anymore yeah no people don't want that it's tough sold is that yeah brands are hard that's why we Kept it small. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like, it, it's a donut on the back. Yeah, on the white one, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. that's yeah. right. Yeah. It, does, it, does it say anything on the donut or is it just the donut? No, it's just, just a donut. That's cool. Yeah. 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 And, like, that's what you want. Is like, you want people, if you're making merch, you want people to be like, oh, that's cool. What is it? Like, yeah. this, these guys are, like, probably, like, my new favorite YouTubers at the moment. Sicko. And, like, yeah, you should check this shit out. It's cool. <laughs> and, and uh, <laughs> like, I remember... Because I'm, I'm, I like I've been chatting with them online forever. Linked up with them when they were in Indonesia. These kids out of um, Oregon, mm-hmm. in the states. Mm-hmm. Um, what do they do? They are they're a group of like childhood friends. So in the early twenties, and all of them are like 
basically borderline pro action sports athletes that came from like the Kaipoi background, they rip on ski snowboards, but they're just, they're like a modern day version of jackass, but like way more professional and like less, less stupid, like, you know, some of the dumb stuff, yeah, yeah, more epic. And it's just, but like, they'll be like, cool, we're going to go learn how to like death dive off you know, 50 foot cliff mm. and they go find the best guy in the world and he shows them and they're like, you watch them learn, but you watch them like eat it. And then eventually they learn that like, cool. Then they go enter the competition next week. It's yeah, just like, like, but I think the thing that's so unique to them is they've got this insane chemistry because they're childhood friends. So the banter between mm. them that they mm. capture together online and the way they tell that in stories, they're doing a really good job of it. So it's got so, like this crew mentality, which I think people. And just videos on relate. YouTube as well. Yeah. Videos on YouTube. Um, Okay. Yeah, but I was saying, oh, anyway, their merch. I was literally wearing a shirt and like, where were we? We were in Bali, and somebody who I think we were having breakfast with, they were like, oh, that's a cool shirt. Like, they had no idea that there was like technically was. merch, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's that's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. it's like Dan with his brew. Yeah, so Dan so was like, give it away. He doesn't sell it. He just gives it away. And then I actually spotted someone wearing it the other day. I'm like, okay, well, I know the whole connection behind and story behind that shirt. Sick. Is this brew bar or just brew merch? No, so it's, yeah, brew, it's brew community. He's basically okay. got a big community that helps people with mental health. And he's got a big, um, what's the chat room on? He's got a the Discord? Discord. Discord. Okay. He's got a big Discord okay. of like 100,000 people that Jeez. he speaks to and can speak to each other. So wow. it's like a brew community. Community and, is so valuable, man. And that's yeah, what so the, the jersey's all about. Yeah, but his brew brand, obviously, he links to that brew bar. He's connected of course. to the past in yeah. the day. Yeah. That's great a, product yeah, yeah. wow yeah. Now he sent me a bunch i was like because you know when people make these things like okay are they cashing out i'm like so tell us a little bit about rivers so okay so bit. yeah um skinny bitch in a man can <laughs> 74 calories no carbs no sugar um perfect yeah perfect. it starts monday <laughs> exactly yeah, um okay so i mean i spent like i said a lot of time in the states and white claw is just huge yeah. salt salt is a huge mm-hmm. so like there's one i think my favorite one there is called high noon but it's just every like when i go out to a club or a bar in america 67 people 60 to 70 percent of people are drinking a salsa out of a can what's yeah. yes. boys the north boys yeah happy dad happy dad yeah. yeah. i knew he's often promoted by barstool sports yes as well. yeah, yeah. So i think that. if they actually it's out of them or if they just i was also it. trying to look into that if if portnoy had equity yes. or whatever i think it's just a paid sponsorship or something yeah not not really smart to do that yeah um but yeah i i tried a ton of them obviously now being involved in one here um yeah i didn't have a good product um but yeah so long story short i was always like man i enjoy drinking since america i wish we had something like that back home so on instagram one day i saw someone i think it was tagged friend's story i was like oh, what's this I'm like, oh shit somebody's making one it's absolutely epic so what they followed me i was like cool hit them up i was like hey guys where can i buy like been wanting hot sauce and they're like oh we'll come drop some off try it i was like shit, this is really good and um our ceo jenny she's a food scientist and her sister's actually diabetic. So her sister's always like, what the fuck can I drink when I got everything has sugar in it? Mm. So, okay, cool. Let me handle this. So it's her and her husband. They technically started it. And um, I was like, damn, this is a great product. I was like, imagine having the opportunity to invest in White Claw, like you know, pre-2016. Yeah. Like, why would yeah. you not take that opportunity? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was like, I was like, hey, I think you guys have an amazing product. I know a decent amount about marketing, social media. I was like, are you interested in having a third partner like we work out some kind of deal and yeah negotiated for a while and, and made a deal and um yeah we've just been kind of 
it's, I guess it's a side hustle for all of us. Yeah. I think I've been putting in too much time on it uh, lately, like just neglecting my actual thing that pays the bills, which is like YouTube. And that. like, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm still doing that, but I need to focus on that more and like start to outsource some of the content and marketing a bit yeah, and yeah. just kind of funnel it down. So where do you guys find it? Uh, we're at most uh, tops and barkeeper. Yeah. And shout, out shout out to barkeeper. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously we're trying to get into the big guys like check it as pick and pay, Woolworths. Um, but what I very quickly realized in this industry is when you walk into a bottle store in South Africa, everything you see on the shelf, except for maybe wine, is owned by like 95% of what you see is owned by two companies. Yeah. 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 It used to be four and like Airbnb bought SAB yeah. for like yeah. a trillion rand. Yeah. And then Distel, Heineken just bought Distel for like 44 billion. So like, unless you have an in with them or, or on like some big distributor, it's really tricky. Yeah. Um, that's why those independent sort of uh, like barkeeper works exactly, yeah. exactly but the cool thing is we're making a lot of like noise on social media so we've got like people have a pick and pay franchise like hey we want to stop this and the cool thing is we also have like I think within like a few months of launching we had bottle stores call us and they're like you guys are out selling all your competitors like how are you doing this you're, you're fucking nobody like this doesn't yeah. happen so that was good to know I was like cool we have a good product like people like people it like it yeah. stands out a bit maybe um, I mean, it's it's also, you know, people are a bit more health conscious nowadays. It is the lowest calorie alcohol drink on the market. 100%, because 74 calories low. Normally it's around like 93. Yeah, because most, yeah, most yeah. your average seltzer has like two to three, four grams of sugar in. And then yeah. there's some out there that are putting like 15 grams in or 12 grams and they're like basically a brutal food, but they're calling it a seltzer. So it's just like, oh, shouldn't really be doing that. <laughs> but that's a, zero carbs, zero sugar, gluten-free. Yeah. So, and, and the cool thing is like, if you go to a festival and you drink just this and you get like on a you get on a proper buzz, you're like, you know how we are guys, we're getting older now. Hangovers are a real thing. <laughs> but like if you drink just this yeah. and nothing else, like you could have a shot of tequila, but yeah, just yeah. it's it's like people think it's alcohol that gives you okay, it does give you a hangover, but the thing that makes a hangover worse is the sugar, the carbs, all the other stuff. That's you what makes it so yeah, when you mm-hmm. mix. So if you drink like just this and like maybe just a tequila shot or just a vodka shot like you will wake up and you, you expect to have the worst hangover and it'll be like mild mild well that's so yeah, mild 100% related double brandy and coke the coke dawns me the next day oh yeah <laughs> had a few of at the wedding compared with all the wine since we did yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not how many you have yeah, yeah. so Jeez. yeah it's been a fun side project for like the last year and a half um yeah we're just grinding away you know trying to get so like at least we know it sells and mm-hmm. we know we, we're on the right track we just need i guess it's scale yeah we need we can i mean we can scale production everything that's all ready to go it's just the case of one of the big i guess distributors coming on and being like hey yeah. we'll onboard you um and we'll get you on every shelf then we then we're cruising mm-hmm. obviously the big the big goal is in alcohol it's, it's the buyout you know we want one day one of the big guys to come along and say hey you know, here's a check. Here's a check. You're done, mm. or mm. something like that. Um, so that's I build it up and yeah, sort of, yeah, build it up. I mean, I like to think we do have the best social media when it comes to alcohol brands in South Africa. Um, and yeah, we're just going hard with that. Um, yeah, it's just a matter of time before we get on more shelves because that is the issue where people message us every day. Hey, where can we buy? And we just you want to be able to like go to your local bottle store. Yeah, it's like yeah. like we have to be like, oh, like, you tops into your best shots. You know, yeah. we want to be like. Yeah go to any water store over there yeah. yeah so that's that's like the goal for this year we want to 
work out a deal with one of the big guys to get us on the shelf. Um, yeah, we've got proof of concept. We know it works. We know it sells. Yeah. So we just need to have a meeting and be like, hey, look, here are all the stores. This is our sales compared to all the competitors. Yeah. We're up there. We're outselling. Let's, let's make some Quite a few folks already following you, though, in that. Might have a connection for you. Fenske. Okay. Epic, thanks. Yeah, so, we'll yeah, about that. go and check River Art. Uh, there'll be a discount code put, put below this podcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, let's do it. Let's, yeah, diet, diet starts Monday, 10, 10% off on there River. Oh, Link the website. You know, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, um, I think um, we've come to, come to our time. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it was a yeah, conversation jumped around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool, but it was a lot of flow. We like yeah. to uh, you know, look for people's fucking lives on Shadam. It's been epic. Thanks, yeah, man. we prefer that sort of raw. No, I dig it. Not just it gets like can, casual company. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I've told the story a few before, so like this was cool to talk about the shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just before you go, we generally like to ask our guests to leave a little message with the listener. We do kind of put them on the spot a little bit. Generally, it's like motivating, like Diet Sauce Monday, but I think from your perspective, it could be um, a good point to just let anyone know that's moving into the uh, content creation sector, like anything from advice or mm. something along those lines to sort of advise them, you know, like how to keep moving forward or what's the So, need? yeah, I guess from the, from a, if we're going content creator perspective, um, you know, there's, there's two ways you can go at it. You can feed the beast on social media. Um, which is just, you know, tapping into what that algorithm wants. Um, but you can also take the professional route of being a freelancer. Nowadays, you can use social media to create your portfolio, but it's literally just go out there and make stuff and make the content you want to get paid to create. Even if it costs you money, mm-hmm. one day, you know, build your portfolio and then yeah. people will pay you to do that. I spend my life savings, great, well, not my life savings. <laughs> I spent all the money I was making filming festivals as a student into you know filming the stuff i want to get paid to do like snowboarding surfing wakeboarding i spent all my money on that and now i get paid to do that and get paid to do what i want to do not get paid what people are telling me to do yeah so i think that's the most important thing is like you can't really go wrong with investing in yourself and people should people should back themselves more i think a lot of people really underestimate themselves and i see so many people who like quit their job go for it and then like a year later like fuck i should have done this years ago yeah. it's like yeah back back yourself do your research <laughs> do your research but 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 you, you i think i think a lot of people underestimate their power and ability yeah big time cool love it love it commit to yeah thanks so much cool thanks, thanks for having guys. guys and we'll see you next time see you next week you <laughs>